You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. It's week 18. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Like, what? I'm not ready. (laughs) I need more time. The season can't be over. It seems like we're just kicking off and uh, the Lions and the Chiefs and all the all the wide receiver drops. And we're still talking about the same damn thing with the Chiefs. But anyway, uh, partner, happy new year, man. How you doing? You ready for you ready for this? Is this uh, are we ready to rock and roll here? It's the end of the season. I am, Lou. I mean, it's the best part of the year. Uh, Last night, we we saw the college football playoff, you know, the two semifinal games. They got me going. You know, I'm in a great mood. You know, the bowl season was was kind of boring, Lou, because so many players are opting out. You know, it's not the same Florida State team that's playing against Georgia. And then the Bulldogs put up, what, 63 points against FSU, right? And you've got no shot at all. But then you see the college football playoff that matters the most, and you realize that it still comes down to the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the quarter- quarterbacks coming up in the end and making those plays. And, and the teams that came out victorious – you know, they, they were able to make plays down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I'm glad for, for Michigan and Washington. Uh, it's going to be the, you know, the championship game of the two unbeaten teams. We haven't seen that in a while, Lou. And I haven't seen two semifinal games that went down to the wire the way they did. No, nah, typically there's always a blowout, you know, sometimes two. And I think... That's where I guess the the FSU complaints and the whining uh, kind of hit a little bit different because it's like, wait a second. I mean, we want the four best teams and I think they did it. I thought they got it right when they put them in there. And after these two games, you got to believe that they did. Uh, Georgia probably would have been the only other one that really had a claim because they've just been so good for so long and they, they had a tremendous season. They just lost in the wrong day. Right. I mean, losing that SEC championship game, I mean, it's always, you know, prisoner of the moment. And I wanted to ask you after that game last night, you think if those, if they would have redone the Heisman that Penix doesn't win that in a landslide? I don't know. That That's tough. I mean, that's always tough to go back. And just the way Jaden Daniels was playing at the end of the season, yeah, he, he kept getting better. He kept throwing for a lot of yards. LSU was winning games. He was throwing for a ton of touchdowns. He was making those highlight type of throws down the field. And he is one of the best downfield throwers in college football, period. So it's tough to do it after the fact. But Michael Penix... Junior, you know, he is, it seems like he's been in college forever, Lo. okay? It seems like he's been there a whole decade. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of guys have. Right? Yeah, it's, I mean, he started for like, I think 60 games during his career, if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah, he, I think he played, I think he played all four at Indiana and then now two in Washington. That's what I'm saying. And he had a good career yeah. with the Hoosiers, okay? They had a good yeah. record back then. But at Washington, they've 
stepped it up a notch. I mean, he's definitely taken his game to another level. And the fact that he has those playmakers on the outside, those wide receivers that are going to play on Sundays, okay? Uh, it's just, it, it makes it that much more exciting. So, well, let's shout him out. Uh, Romo Dunze, who, you know, some people put him right up there with Marvin Harrison. And when I say some people, I mean, Dan- Daniel Jeremiah on his uh, podcast came out and said he, he likes him just as much as he likes Marvin Harrison, McMillan, Polk. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, going back to those LSU guys, now we've got the you know, the advantage of seeing what they've done in the NFL with Jefferson and and Chase and then maybe throw in Terrace Marshall, who is an NFL player but really hasn't done much. But you, with Odunze and McMillan and Polk, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a, that might be a similar crew. What do you think? Yeah, that's a scary bunch. And I wouldn't want to be Michigan's secondary Uh, try to slow down those guys because it's almost impossible. I mean, the catches that they make, they make it look so easy. And I think that's what makes Penix's job a lot easier as well because he made a couple of throws that were just unreal in the face of pressure. But then those wide receivers came down with those spectacular catches at, at, at the end of the play. So I would say that offense is just, it's something special. And I think a lot of people miss out on Pac-12 play, right? I mean, usually we watch the big teams like uh, USC and UCLA throughout the years. But I think a lot of people on the East Coast that don't get to watch the, the West Coast games because they're on late. But go watch the Oregon games and Washington. It's just they're different teams. And it's just it's been a pleasure to watch them. It's been a pleasure to see that. Uh, transformation a little bit and Washington is just I'm happy for them because I thought Texas was going to represent in the college football championship I thought they were going to pull it out I thought Steve Sarkeesian had that magic but you know just Washington's offense was just too explosive there well that was I think going back to Penix was part of my point is that I'm, I'm guessing a lot of those voters probably didn't see many of his games live, right? So now you get the ability on the biggest stage to see what the kid's all about. So, and not taking anything away from Jaden Daniels, who had an amazing season, more than likely going to be a first round pick. I think Penix is going to be in that conversation as well. But just to see him. And those receivers do what they do. And it was so it was so envious for me after watching on Sundays NFL receivers dropping pass after pass after pass to see these college kids where I mean they're granted, I mean, he was throwing dimes, but I mean, there was a lot of the like you said, Alex. I mean, whether it was on the sideline, whether it was, you know, uh was it Polk or McMillan tipping it to himself on the touchdown and, and tracking the ball? I mean, it's like, we need some of those guys, man. Selfishly, that's what I was looking for. And even the Texas guys, Adonai Mitchell, that came from, uh, that came from uh, UGA, scored, I don't know how many, what they say, in uh, semifinals and finals, he scored like in every game, uh, you know, worthy. Yeah, he's a little bit more of a maybe more of a gadget guy. But uh, anyway, a lot lot of good receivers on on the field. Now, in the first game, you know, it's hard. I mean, statistically, it looks like Michigan should have run them off the field. 
right? The, Alabama didn't really do much on offense. No really big plays. You know, the only real big plays it seems like they made was Milrow with his legs. And then, you know, in overtime on that, on that fourth down, it was like, that was their only option. It was like, we're not, we really don't have anything else to throw at you. We're just going to put it in our best players' hands and let the chips fall where they may. But um, what do you make of that? I mean, was it more, you know, Michigan not capitalizing or just Alabama being that kind of team that's just going to put, you know, get you down in the dirt and it's just going to be a grimy game? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I, I thought Alabama's offense really struggled against Michigan. I mean, that was probably, I would say, I think Dan Orlovsky came on ESPN and he said that it, it's their worst offensive performance of the season. I'm not going to go there just because I think Alabama is a team that struggled in the first half of the season. Um, you know, they couldn't find that stability uh, from the signal callers. And, you know, they had to even bench their starting quarterback, right? But I think they really struggled to get those big plays. In the beginning, they were able to get that touchdown after that muff punt. But then they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And you knew that Alabama this year didn't have the offensive firepower through the air, all right? They needed to find that balance, and they never did. And I also have to say that you have to take your hat off to Michigan. The way that front four, front seven controlled the game, the way they were able to get pressure, the way they were able to get to the quarterback and get those sacks, I mean, you got to give it to them. I mean, the defense played a huge role why Alabama never got going, why they didn't, they were struggling so much during the game. And still, Lou, as much as Alabama struggled, Michigan still had to win it there at the end yeah, with they, those two minutes yeah, left. And th yeah, they, I mean, they very well, you know, could have lost that game when, you know, in retrospect and watching it, it seemed like they dominated a lot of the game. J.J. McCarthy probably, I don't know if he, is it in him? I mean, again, you know, the biggest plays that I think that he made was with his legs. He made a couple of a couple of decent throws. His wide receiver, uh, number one, I can't remember his name, Rome something or other. He um, he bailed him out on one. The ball actually got tipped at the line of scrimmage and kind of put it up higher. And the kid like climbed the ladder, made the catch, and he almost scores there on on the one play. But um, he, I wasn't. I've been waiting for, for McCarthy to really have a game to say, okay, kind of like uh, well, like when Justin Herbert they had the huge game in the Rose Bowl. And like, oh, my God. I mean, this, this, this dude can play. I mean, he's, this, this is a top five guy. And you just don't get that sense from, from J.J. McCarthy. Uh, and, again, we'll talk more about these prospects as we, as we uh, move down the road here into the non-playing NFL season, as, as they call it, um, because there is no offseason. And we won't be taking any time off, damn it. So we'll, uh, we'll get to those prospects. But as far as the, the matchup coming up Monday night, Alex, I mean, where do you, where do you see, you know, the keys and what, what's going to have to happen for either team to win? I don't think Washington is going to be able to – moved the ball with such ease the way they were able to do it in the semifinal game against Texas. I don't think Michigan is going to allow that to happen. All right. I, I just think that there's going to be a lot more pressure in Penix's face. I think there's going to be a little bit more 
Uh, I would say there's going to be a lot more play from the secondary in terms of putting their hands on Washington's wide receivers. And I just don't think they're going to let them run free as much as, as I saw in the Texas game. And I, I think it's going to be more of a grinded out type of game. I don't think Washington is going to be able to put up 30, 35 points. And I think that game favors Michigan a little bit more. I think there, it's going to be a more balanced attack. I think they're going to try to pound the ball with that offensive line, with Quorum. I'll give the edge to the Wolverines because of all the hoopla surrounding their program this year. The, you know, the suspension of Harbaugh to begin the season, then to end the season. And I think he's just, I think that whole program is motivated to show that, hey, we want to get past this and we're a good team regardless what you think of us. And that's why I just think that it's it's going to be Michigan's for the taking at the end. I, I'm going to go with, with the Wolverines. I just think that they're a more balanced team. And I think in the final, in the championship game, defense is going to continue to step up. I mean, Michigan's defense has been incredibly good all season long. And even though they, and they beat Ohio State, Lou, they've seen these wide receivers before. Ohio State also has very, very good players on the outside. And the Wolverines were able to beat them. So I'm going to say that the, the Wolverines are going to be hoisting up that trophy. Well, like any NFL game that you would watch, and these are you know, basically NFL programs at this point, you, know, you always look at the quarterback and you say, okay, which one is playing better? Which one is going to be able to hurt you more? And I think just the average fan that's, that's watching, if you're going to pick a game or bet a game or whatever, you always want you know the team that looks like they have the ability to score at any point. So that's where I think maybe Washington and the points might be the side. I think everything you said about Michigan is true. That's the way they're going to try to play the game. Um, I just don't know if I trust McCarthy to, I mean, if it is close to make huge plays down the stretch. Now he did against Alabama, but primarily on a short field in overtime, right? Um, and they did have the drive to, you know, to kind of get them to that point too. Obviously they had to have that. Uh, one question real quick. Did you think at any point that, that Harbaugh might go for two to just end the game right there? I don't think so. I don't think that's his style, though. I, I've seen him coach the 49ers. And yeah. They, I think he's more of an old school coach. That doesn't yeah. take that Brandon his, Staley his, approach. His, his brother might have. I know. You know. You've seen him do that against the Steelers and some other some other rivals. I but just that, think that that was kind of going through my head after you know after watching that you know Saturday night and Dan Campbell and that whole fiasco, and just to say, okay, you know, here's Jim Jim Harbaugh. Is he just going to say, you know what, we're on a roll right now. They can't stop. They can't stop us. Quorum's too tough at the goal line. Let's just give it to them. But I think that was the right move is going going to overtime. You know, if you feel like you got the more dominant, better team, you want to take your chances, you know, with, uh, you know, with overtime versus one play. 
Harbaugh hasn't been successful in that in those semifinal games the past two two years, and that's why I think well, that bowl played games a role. In, bowl, yeah, bowl games in general. And right? I think that played I mean, a role, Lou. I mean, if he won a couple of those games, or maybe he had a championship under his belt, he probably yeah. would go for it. But other than that, he's trying to prove a point, and he realizes how hard uh, Michigan got in position to score that touchdown. Uh, Roman Wilson was the guy that made that huge right, play, Roman Wilson. and then he came up with the touchdown. And I just don't think you you want to take that away. But the only the only thing that I would say is JJ McCarthy is certainly not sexy, Lou. He's not going to make too many plays with his you know with his right arm, but he's efficient and he doesn't turn the ball over and he completes a lot of passes. And I think that's going to play a role. Like he doesn't give it away. Okay. And I think he's almost like a game manager out there, right? Michigan asks him to just run the offense. You know, we're still running the football on the ground, playing good defense. Just don't put us in a bad spot. Don't turn the ball over. And I think that's something that he does really well. He's been with that program for a few years. He's been that starting quarterback there for for a couple of them. So I, I just think there's, they've got this, you know, there's, when a team is playing with a chip on its shoulder and they know it, I think it just it comes out. And Washington has got a sexy offense, and we're not going to take anything away from them. They play good. They play good defense as well in the Pac-12, and they've beaten Oregon twice this year. Okay, that's a tough thing to do. Dan Lanning's squad is just—they've been fantastic out there the past couple of years. But I just think that taking this whole drama-filled season that the Wolverines have dealt with, that's why I think they're going to come out on top. Going to be a huge, great game, great storylines on both sides. We've gone over a few of them. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, the the, uh, the the coach at Washington, you know, coming from an NAIA school where he won some championships and then, you know, offensive coordinator at a, a bunch of smaller schools. He did spend a year with Michael Penix at Indiana. And I think that was the connection for Penix to go to transfer out there once his, his OC got the, got the head coaching job and that, you know, that connection. And then you, you're talking about JJ McCarthy and his special uh, relationship with coach Harbaugh. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, know if i'm a cat out of the bag if you're not a long time listener you realize that i'm a little bit older than alex and a little bit older than probably most of our most of our audience but i remember another michigan quarterback that kind of played that way and it was it wasn't sexy it wasn't ever always pretty but he got the job done and now he's the head coach so um that's uh, just to be a cool, cool stories on both sides. Just excited for that game to happen next Monday night. All right. The name of the show is pros like us. So let's hit the pros, man. What do you think of this playoff picture? You've got teams, teams falling at the wrong time with like the, like the Eagles. I mean, Detroit feels like they get robbed in Dallas uh, the Rams just keep finding ways to win. You know, I figured that game was going to be a lot closer than I expected uh, on Sunday. I didn't expect the, the Giants to have a chance to win. That's for damn sure. But here we are. But the, the Rams end up eking that out. Uh, the Packers are coming up. Uh, they, they played well. But again, you know, it was Minnesota. You're playing against the rookie quarterback in the first half. But Jordan Love doing his thing. So it's it's hard. 
as fluid as the bottoms of both conferences are, I don't. Is there a team that, that that's coming on that we feel? Let's just look at the NFC to start with, Alex. Is there a team coming on, maybe coming from the back of the pack, that you think can do some damage here? We talked about it last week. I don't think my mind has changed. The Rams. It's the Rams. Yeah, yeah. just. We talked about it last week. They've been here before. You talked about the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, being there. They've got an experienced yep. coaching staff. They got Sean McVay calling the plays, and they found the running game. That's something that when they made that Super Bowl run, okay, when they lost that game to the Patriots, uh, obviously they, they beat them and stuff like that. I mean, they, they lost to them, right? Uh, and so... At that time, you know, when they had that Super Bowl run, they had Todd Gurley. Hello? They, that was the driving yep. force, like, before. Even with Jared Goff before. But then Matthew Stafford yeah, they were, came, they, they doing, won the they Super Bowl. They were doing Bowl. their best to keep it Again. out of Goff's hands. <laughs> Again, the running game was the catalyst behind that first Super Bowl run. And then when Matthew Stafford came, you know, they clicked. They, they had the, the players on the outside. Now they've got the wide receivers, you know, Cup. They've got your boy from BYU Puka there. Nakua. I knew you were yes. going to say his name perfectly. And then I'm just saying that, you know, it matters a lot the way you're finishing the season. And if you're clicking on all cylinders, if you're not turning the ball over, running the football, you're going to do a lot of damage. And... I, it hasn't changed, Lou. It hasn't wavered. You know, the Rams are is a team that I wouldn't want to play, okay? And I just think that anybody that's going to play them, whether it's the Cowboys or the Lions, and that should be an interesting matchup with Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. We talked about that last week as well. I just think... The possibility think... of that is just so enticing, so... I... Yeah, absolutely. So many stories on both sides. I that just think there's nobody, Lou, there's nobody else in the NFC that you can really like trust except for the 49ers. You can't trust the Cowboys on the road. The Lions are kind of like hit and miss. They have a good offense, but I don't trust their defense enough. And then the Eagles are falling. And so like, what do you, what are you left with? I, I think the Rams are a team that can make a run and I think they'll definitely, if it's the right matchup, they'll be there in the NFC Championship game. And then just, well, we'll see how that, you know, rolls and how it finishes. But I would definitely put my money on the Rams in the first round if you're looking for an upset, whether it's in the NFC or the AFC. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, I mean, in Detroit, Matthew Stafford, I mean, that's just, I, you can't you can't draw it up any better than that. I guess later in the playoffs, if we get, and I think we talked about it last week as well, is if we get Flacco going into Baltimore, <laughs> that would be signed. Your affinity for the Browns is certainly there. But just, again, the, sto the storyline, uh, as it's set up right now, it looks like the Browns would be playing the Jags, but there's so much, so much, so much fluidity still with that whole AFC South um, with uh, 
I mean, the Bills and the Dolphins, I mean, the, the Bills could actually miss the playoffs if they lose that game and certain things happen. So a lot of crazy stuff there. But in the NFC still, just, just to kind of put a bow on it, yeah, I mean, San Francisco is really the only team you trust. I mean, they've got some some injuries that they'll be nursing. I, McCaffrey, he's already – Shanahan's already said he's not playing – Probably a pretty good chance Purdy's not playing. Very good chance that we get a Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz game on Sunday. So I want to see that. I want to see how that unfolds for those two teams because San Francisco's locked in at one. Uh, The Rams really can't improve their position. I honestly don't think they can. I don't know that there's a way that if they lose – that they they would lose their their positioning either. So yeah, I mean, odds are that's what you're going to get. And wouldn't that be something? A couple of couple of guys that uh, were pretty high draft picks, and here we are. We do still don't know what's we still don't know what's going to happen in the NFC South. I mean, that's just right. I mean that too. I mean, you, because Tampa Tampa, you know, and again, I should have known better. New Orleans always. Just it, no matter what the situation is, no matter who's playing, it just seems like they own Tampa, and I still took Tampa. But here they are; they're still in first place, you know, by a, a thread uh, at eight and eight. New Orleans also now is eight and eight. Um, New Orleans, who do they have? They're at home. They play Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Atlanta at home, and the Bucks have got to be Carolina. The if they're fin- yeah, because yeah, they're all finishing in the division. So you got to believe Tampa Bay is going to win that one, right? Well, you're <laughs> hoping. Think? You're hoping. Yeah. So, so, but so then you got you know maybe can 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 New Orleans get a wild card if they win, and the Packers lose, and Seattle loses. So you got a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts there, but uh, in the AFC, Baltimore is pretty much locked in. I mean, they've I think they've solidified themselves as you got to say they're the best team in football right now, Alex. I know it's hard for you to swallow that. Uh, you still can't imagine it in your head. I don't believe, but here we are, and uh, that's another one. You've got Mason Rudolph. At Baltimore, you know, against Snoop Huntley, starting quarterbacks. Um, I think the Steelers are favored right now just because, you know, you're going to get a bunch of Ravens sitting. But the Steelers have something to play for. They win. They got a legitimate shot. Um, they need some stuff to happen ahead of them. But uh, they could, again, you just can't kill the Steelers. And but but again, I don't know that they're really going to win a playoff game, even if they get in. I mean, they, they probably get crushed by you know Miami or Buffalo, whoever they end up playing. But uh, yeah, I don't know who that who is that team in, in the AFC. You like to say it's Buffalo, but, you know, they struggle with New England. They struggled with the Chargers the week before. Yes, of course, they're winning. They're still kind of living off of that blowout when they crushed Dallas. Is that enough to make you think? that they're the team or is it a team from up on Lake Erie, Alex? Let me ask you this question, Lou. Like I'm looking at at the playoff right now format and who do you want the chiefs to face in the first round, the bills or the Browns? 
Well, it looks like it's going to be – well, there won't be the Browns. It's either going to be the Bills or the Dolphins. Um, now, if the Bills lose that game and certain things happen and the Bills are out, then it would be whoever whoever the sixth seed – whoever sneaks in there. So it could be uh, Houston. Uh, it could be it could be Pittsburgh. Uh, it could be it could be the Colts. You know, maybe do if the Chiefs want to play win, against the Bills, Lou? I mean, do you feel I, you lucky know, I mean, at this, against at the this Bills? Point, one I honestly, honestly, I don't think it matters who they play. I mean, seriously, I, I think they much rather. I, I'm guessing would rather see the Dolphins come into Kansas City, just because I guess. On the surface, they're a hell of a lot more beat up right now. Uh, they have the experience of beating them earlier in the season. So I think that would give them a little bit more confidence. But there really isn't – I mean, it's about them. They have to play – if they play their game, they can beat any one of these teams. But by the same token, they could lose to any one of these teams. So I don't know, I don't know that it really matters much. Because it is, a, it's such a, a, a tight group outside of the Ravens. I wouldn't want to play the Bills just because if they yeah. get in the playoffs, well, the, his, the history, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know they could easily beat the Chiefs, and then they'll take care of the Dolphins, and, and then I think you know it's NFC Championship, AFC Championship matchup against probably the Ravens. So you wouldn't like. I, I think the Bills are another like. Up-and-coming team like the Rams, they could certainly make a move. What is it like? The Steelers uh, advanced and won the Super Bowl, and they were like number five, right overall. I think this is one of those years, Lou. This is one of those years that you can. It, it sounds like it you're making a case like. for the Browns to get to the Super Bowl. I'm that, making that, a case for this, either the Browns or the Bills <laughs> to get to the Super this, Bowl. Yeah, this season, this season deserves. And I hate to use that word, but this see just the way this whole season has gone is a a Lions Browns Super Bowl. Two teams that have never been there have had like just playoff nightmares, uh, and just nothing has ever has gone on well for them in many many decades right that would be to me the per the perfect storm of just two like franchises that have been wallowing and they're playing in the Super Bowl that to me would be the greatest theater if the Super Bowl is going to be the Lions versus the Browns then I know the NFL is rigged okay it's <laughs> I'm not watching it anymore it's like a Hollywood script forget it Lou. I mean that's, well, what was that, the name what it. was the name of our last show yeah I, the yeah, title exactly. of our last show was good script exactly i'm just saying that roger goodell <laughs> should receive script. an oscar in 2024 <laughs> without even playing you know writing a movie he should get an oscar for you know writer of the, the best. year that's it that's, uh, that's right. what i think that's what i think who do you think uh who do you think gets in though the the colts the texans or the steelers who do you uh who, who do you have your money on you know with cj stroud back uh, now that game, I believe, is in Indianapolis, but I don't think that matters. Just from a, a, they just D'Amico Ryan's just seems like he's got that team dialed in. Think, I mean, you know, you talked about the togetherness of the Michigan Wolverines. I think the Texans are ha, kind of have that going, right? Because 
you know, you've now granted Tank Dell was having a great rookie season, but nobody really expected or really thought of him as like a number one receiver. You've got guys like Noah Brown and Nico Collins, you know, Robert Woods, uh, you know, these tight ends, these kind of like faceless, nameless tight ends that are making plays when Stroud plays. I, you know, I can't see Jackson. Well, Jacksonville plays Tennessee. So that's a, that's one right there. I mean, it's, I believe it's at home and Tennessee is what they, I mean, they're, I don't know. It, it just wouldn't shock me because it seems like most of the time they play Derrick Henry goes off against the, against the Jaguars. So could they lose that game? And then all of a sudden that becomes the uh, AFC champ, right? Uh, Houston, and they jump from out of the playoffs all the way up to the four seed. So it's I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Houston wins that game, and they get in, but not as a chance. I think Jacksonville maybe squeaks that one out, remains the four seed, and somehow Houston gets in ahead of the the Colts who would end up at nine and eight. I'm going to go with the Colts. It just, this argument with the Texans making the playoffs, it's like a feel-good story. Almost sounds like the Lions last year, Lou. Like we wanted the Lions to get in. They were making this push. They were, you know, winning those games at the end, and we wanted them to make the playoffs. But then we realized that Detroit is still like a year away, and that's how I feel. But with they the did their, they did their job. They the help that they needed wasn't there. So yeah, that's um, just that's how I feel with the Texans. I think that it's a feel a good bit. story. They've certainly overachieved. They're going to get those nine wins, and that certainly surpasses any. Um, over and under total that anybody had for them, sure. even those optimistic Absolutely. Texans fans. Okay, uh, nobody had them that they're going to make the playoffs. I I just think that they're a year away. I think D'Amico Ryan's is is going to have this team primed for next year, and they're going to be competing with the Jags and Trevor Lawrence moving forward. And I think we might be talking about the AFC South moving forward as being the toughest division in the AFC. That's what I'm thinking because I think these two teams are gonna are gonna be able to dominate because they've got the two quarterbacks moving forward for the next ten years. Well, if Richardson is the guy, you know, I mean, he truly is who we think he can be. Now, again, I mean, he's a very, very tiny, small sample size. Uh, you know, the first few games of the season, but it looked like you know he he certainly has the goods, he has the mindset, and certainly has the coach to do it. Right. I mean, Shane Steichen has done an amazing job with this Colts team. Nobody would have thought that they would be contending for a playoff position as well. I mean, you got, you know, you talk about D'Amico Ryans. I think the Colts are probably kind of in that same boat, except they're doing it with a backup quarterback. And their defense actually has played way better than I expected. I didn't think they would be this good on defense. They're very inconsistent offensively. Minshew makes the, you know, play here and there former friend of the show from last year, Alec Pierce, huge play in that, in that game uh, this past weekend with the, with the long touchdown. But uh, yeah, I, 
I just think it's not so much the the story, but just the fact that they have the opportunity to control it. Now, they if they beat the Colts, there's a very legitimate shot that they get in one way or the other, right? Either as that last wild card or the division winner if Jacksonville loses. Whereas last year, I think Detroit, they were really hot. But they needed help earlier in the day. It didn't come through, but they still went ahead and played a great game against Aaron Rodgers, ended up winning that game. And they were, I mean, they pulled out all the stops to win that game, too. So it's kind of a mindset. But I I can appreciate what you're saying is that he's, D'Amico Ryan certainly has this moving in the right direction. And then they have another good draft. That is going to be a nice program moving forward. That's for sure. You know, I just, there's always, Who's your MVP this week, Lou? Who is your MVP? Is it Lamar? MVP this week, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to go against him. Perfect passer rating. I mean, as soon as he heard Alex talking about statistics and everything else, Lamar says, you know what, Alex? Here, come and watch this game. Everybody thinks the Dolphins are coming in here. Maybe we lose the one seed. Bang, five touchdowns, 300 yards. He had more touchdown passes than he had incompletions. He had three incomplete passes. But I want to get, I want to give a little props to a few other players. Uh, the tandem of Najee and, and Jalen Warren up in Seattle, tough running. Uh, buck 22 for Najee, 75 for, for Jalen Warren. I thought Jordan Love just keeps elevating his game. Granted, it was Minnesota, but hey, I mean, this is the teams that you have to beat. They're divisional opponent. He took them out. He, he's elevating the play of those young receivers. Um, he's making it work with them. And Jaden Reed and Romeo Dubs, he has he rarely has Christian Watson, who's supposed to be the, you know, the jewel of the group, but he makes it work. So I got wanted to give him a, a little bit of a shout out. And then guy from my hometown that just battling and anonymity with the Cardinals. But James Conner, again, comes back to his home state, took took out the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. Now he goes to Philadelphia, 128 yards, a couple of touchdowns, make a crazy one-handed catch in the end zone. Kyler Murray, and they, they win that game in Philly. But those guys all did well. Puka was, yeah, again, doing Puka things, over 100 yards receiving. But, yeah, Lamar, you can't. I mean, that's if that wasn't an exclamation point for the MVP, I don't know what is. I don't understand it, Lou, but I seem to have a bias against the Ravens. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> look, I I have to say I really enjoyed watching this team play when they had crappy quarterback play and just got it done by having that terrific defense. With so is this a Reed and Ray does Lewis? This still, does this still go back to Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville? Is it? Are, are we are we going there? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. It might be. It, it might be. Honestly, when Lamar Lamar kind of dusted the whole Teddy the the Teddy aura it, it, at Louisville, I'm like, okay, now this is the standard for Louisville quarterback. Probably, low. Probably, I've got Lamar Jackson <laughs> bias as well. But I think it's a Ravens bias that they find they found a quarterback, 
And I just, I, I loved Baltimore when they had a great defense and had like Trent Dilfers, Joe Flacco's, you know, a, a bunch of no names that were a quarterback yeah. and they were still winning. And then all of a sudden they find a quarterback and they're even better. And then their defense rises through the ashes, you know, the last couple of years and, and becomes great again. And I, I guess, you know, I'm jealous, you know, the fact that they're beating, you know, my 49ers and then they, the, ran out the Miami Dolphins, you know, even before they came out on the field. 56 points. Yeah, it's, you know, that was my keep, pick, Lou. That was my pick, ta- regardless. We keep, talk- we keep talking about, you know, well, you know, Miami hung 70 on the Broncos, which looked like they quit in that game. But, but, but anyway, just the, this run of games, like every game that they've had where it was supposedly the game of the week, Big game. Oh, this is going to be, you know, whether it was Seattle going in there, uh, Detroit at San Francisco. Now Miami comes in and they all go home or stay or whatever with their asses handed to them. Now, I guess the the one thing we can say about the, the Rams went in there and went toe to toe. And but for like a walk off punt return of all things in overtime, you know, we could this could be completely flipped. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah I, there's just some there's some kind of a bias. And I'm waiting for the Ravens to lose in the playoffs, you know, in the divisional playoff round before they get to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm going to yeah. be rooting against them. I, I don't know. It's almost like an an evil plan against the Ravens. And uh, that's Saturday, Saturday night. The the Titans go in there. Derrick Henry puts on the Superman cape and takes out the number one seed Ravens. And uh, I think the Chiefs were the two seed that year. <laughs> Hosted another AFC Championship game. So, so uh, who, something like who's that. that who's that team going to be? So if it stays the way it is, okay. And you're saying uh, if the Bills were to win. As the sixth seed, it's and again, we can only Bills. go by what it is right now. They would go to Baltimore and play in the divisional round, and then uh, the Dolphins or the Colts would play the winner of Jacksonville and Cleveland. Well, so the, the NFL, so you get you get the you get your team, and their Bills could go in there and knock knock the Ravens off. You know, well, the Josh NFL. Allen, the There's NFL is hoping for a different script, Lou. They're hoping that the Cleveland Browns go in there and Joe Flacco beats the Baltimore Ravens. It would That's have to be. The, it would have like. to be in the championship because they're the Browns are. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if the Chiefs beat the Bills, Lou, right? Then the right. Browns are going to be the if team the, playing the against Chief, the Ravens. If the Chiefs, yeah, if the Chiefs beat the Bills, Dolphins beat the Colts. Then yes, if the Browns win their game, then they would go to Baltimore. Right. I would rather see it as Balt like if it, that's the AFC Championship. That would be so much better. Well, I mean that that's probably going to be a major <laughs> script out there, but I, I think that's what the NFL is hoping for. Joe Flacco, and you know the Cleveland Browns, you know the team that that left for Baltimore. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to meet up in the playoffs. That would be great. So I can't give Lamar my MVP award. You gave it to him, so it's kind of unfair. I'll give it to C.D. Lamb, Lou. C.D. Lamb, 13 Huge, receptions, yeah. 227 he, yards, a touchdown. He had that costly fumble, but I'll still give it to him just because the guy is, is putting up amazing numbers this year. 
he's approaching that that Michael Irvin status, and he's just becoming a great number one wide receiver. And uh, who would have thought, right? Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. Well, it certainly should have been C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson instead of Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy going. <laughs> The gift, the gift of hindsight, and I don't know how quietly it's been, but I mean, you got to. I mean, he's 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 performing. He's right now. You'd have to say if you were ranking them as we stand today, is he's got to be the top wide receiver in the league right now. Would you you give it to him? Would you give it to him? I mean, I mean, the way they've played, the season that he's had. Now we can, you know, just kind of do like it almost like an existential one and just say, okay, just these are the best talents. But in terms of just which receiver has been the most consistent. Now, again, it wasn't the the early part of the season. The offense was different. They really weren't going downfield. As soon as they flipped that switch, their season took off. Right now, again, they've had their, their issues beating winning teams. And that's a whole other conversation. But CD has been the best receiver in the league this year, you'd have to say. I mean, next to Puka Nakua, of course. I love CD Lamb. <laughs> I would love to put him there at number one. But for me, it has to be Tyreek Hill. Hello. I yeah. know he's missed. I have to put Hill uh, atop of that list this year just because of the way the impact that he's had. And actually, I'll probably put Debo as my number two and then CeeDee Lamb at number three just because of the importance to their respective teams. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm going to go Hill, Debo, then CeeDee Lamb. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but again, I mean, Debo, you've got. You know, Ayuk, you've got Kittle and some and some other weapons. Not saying that that's what makes him great, but the importance to the team part of it isn't quite what CD is because they really haven't had much of a running game. Uh, their number two receivers, you know, Brandon Cooks has started coming on a little bit more. Gallup really hasn't been a guy. Uh, they've got the three young tight ends. You can say what you want about Ferguson, but I mean, his play has been kind of up and down. And again, it's more of an opportunity thing. So I would, I would say take that argument and give it to CD because he has been the offense, if you would, for this resurgence of the Cowboys really taking off and scoring over 40 a game or whatever they have at home this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you're splitting hairs with all these guys. I mean, Tyreek, he's, he's just had some games where he really hasn't done a whole lot. But then he's had other games where it's been like, oh, my God, you can't stop this guy. So it's sometimes it is hit and miss. But yardage-wise, he was well on his way. I mean, it was going to be 2,000 yards. Then he gets hurt a little bit. Then he gets hurt a little bit more. Um, I just can't, you know, the, the picture, the picture of now, again, you're not going to take anybody down to one play, but just, just kind of a microcosm of their day on Sunday was when, you know, he, he makes the break, you know, on wide open in the end zone. Tua puts it on him. He kind of like, 
tips it up in the air and he can't come down. I mean, easy touchdown. And that was like, like this just isn't Miami's day. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I've got a pretty soft spot for Tyreek and I, I, will, I still like him a lot. <laughs> but just in terms of their play and value uh, this season, CD's really made a huge statement and kind of, uh, I guess, coming through on a lot of the potential that was expected of him when he came out of Oklahoma. He's been great every year, and the guy has improved every season. So, like, he's been a hit since his rookie season. But I think the first couple— But now you can put him in that conversation at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people question whether he was a number two receiver, whether he was truly a number one guy in an offense. And I think the last two years, he has certainly proven everybody wrong. And, you know, I wanted the Raiders to take CeeDee Lamb over Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. And Mike Mayock and and Gruden didn't pull that trigger. For some reason, they just, they, they fell in love with that speed. And I think Gruden fell in love with that. Four to Alab- six. Alab- Alabama over Oklahoma. I mean, they, it seemed like every one of their draft picks was either Alabama or Clemson. Yeah, you can't draft <laughs> just, like that. You can't draft it, like it, that. It seemed like, but if you look at it, Cleveland, Farrell, uh, Renfro from Clemson, uh, didn't maybe one of the, one of the DBs, rugs like you like you mentioned leatherwood you know all these all these alabama guys it seemed like they picked all the ones that kind of washed out too right are they just I mean, are, are they just scouting the college football playoff games i, I think mean, what so are they doing? that's what gruden was able to watch those games because he wasn't so busy with uh with coaching his team so they, they these are the best players so i'm gonna i'm gonna take those guys yeah, i always was, say uh, what's the point although, What's the point Cleveland. of having? What's the point of having scouts on the road? You know, all those. Yeah. If you're just going to watch a couple of games during the college football playoffs, we need to get twice. Bill Belichick on in on that conversation, right? <laughs> just to see see what it, what kind of what kind of input his scouts make because they have to take the most abuse of any group of people without really having any responsibility for what happens at the other end and the picks that Belichick has been making over the years. Okay, I have a feeling (laughs) that if Belichick had a top 10 pick, the wide receiver that he would choose would be Jalen Rager. I mean, that's the guy that he would go with because that's the guy who's playing for the Patriots right now. Opening kicker return this week for for new england for a brief moment you thought whoa maybe belichick's got that magic and he doesn't want to lose that 12th game and he's going to spoil buffalo season right here and not so much imagine that you know a, a kickoff return for a touchdown when justin Jalen Rager, and CD, baby. when justin jefferson and cd lamb are like breaking records you know in the NFL. and this is rager's what third or fourth team uh, it seems it to be that way. Min- Minnesota, Philadelphia, and now New- at least three, right? It's at least his third team. But uh, yeah, well, we're, they're, they're, they're sitting up there with what? Like the third pick, third or fourth pick? I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna have a shot at a guy. We'll just see if, uh, if Bill's the one pulling the trigger. All right, so this week I ended up on the winning ledger, three and two. So that was good to get back on the winning side. Uh, so uh, let's go. I don't know. I hate picking week 18. You don't know who's playing or whatever. And here we're sitting on Tuesday <laughs> making these picks. But uh, I will go 
fearless into this weekend. Detroit minus three with, with, I guess, virtually nothing to play for. I don't think they can really improve their standing or really lose it. But coming off of that emotional loss and just, I think, the tenor that Dan Campbell wants his team to take, I just can't see Minnesota going in there with whoever they trot out at quarterback and winning that game. I'll take whoever Detroit plays a quarterback minus three. Uh, Arizona has just, hey, say what you will about Jonathan Gannon. He, these guys are playing. They're playing hard. Kyler's playing hard. Connor's playing hard. They will make enough plays on offense. I think they, they beat Seattle. They're plus three at home. Uh, I've been on the Bears for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. They haven't let me down yet. I'm sticking with them, plus three at Green Bay. Green Bay has everything to play for. Maybe a little bit of fool's gold in that game against uh, Minnesota the other night. Uh, Chicago's playing hard. The defense is for real, I think. is, And I think Eberflus may have saved his job. Uh, Buffalo minus three at Miami. I just don't like all the injuries that have piled up for Miami, especially on defense. They've got like no pass rushers left. They lost Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips earlier in the year. Xavier Howard went down. I don't think he's playing in the game. Waddle's still banged up. Tyreek. Uh, the Bills catch a break because – because of the magnitude of the game, it's being featured on Sunday night football. And the reasoning is, is that they constantly complain about having to go to Miami and the way that the field is set up, the sun just beats down on the opposing team sideline. And it's always like 10 or 20 degrees hotter on that side. Well, here you go. The game's at night, no excuses. Let's I'm going to take Josh Allen in this case. Just, this is just the, Gut play. And then finally, I'm going to go with Blaine Gabbert over Easton Stick. Uh, the Chiefs getting one and a half at the Chargers. Give me all, all the Blaine Gabbert action you can get. Uh, I think Reed maybe plays his starters almost like an exhibition game type thing where they, he gives them a drive or two just to kind of hopefully – build on some kind of momentum or rhythm that they desperately need and then eventually pulls them out. So uh, I typically don't pick Chiefs games, but in this case where they're getting points and Blaine Gabbert is going to get the majority of the snaps, give me those Chiefs, baby. I'm going to go with my lock of the week. I'll just go with the desperate team that needs to get into the playoffs. All right, a team that's going to be motivated. I think it's going to be the Colts, Lou. Everybody's thinking, including you, that the Texans are going to come out victorious in this game. And you should be feeling good. C.J. Stroud returns and, you know, the Texans blew out, you know, what, what was the score? 26 to nothing last week? And they, they took care of business and they got back into the playoffs. I think the Colts get back on track somehow, uh, you know, with Gardner Minshew, with their defense. I don't know. They're just going to scratch and claw and they get into the playoffs. I just there's something about this Colts team. I don't trust them. I don't think they can win anything. I think they'll get blown out of the playoffs, but I think they get in and they they beat the Texans at home. I think that atmosphere is going to help them a little bit. So, I think Indianapolis is going to be that desperate team and there you are. They are my lock of the week. 
All right. And I think it's just a small number. It's like one or two. It's minus uh, one. It's minus yeah, one. Yeah, I've been on, again, I've, I've, <laughs> for better or worse, I probably like, I typically am on the Colts when they lose and I'm off them when they win or I'm on the other team when they win. So I've had a little bit of an odd relationship with this Colts team, but I, I truly do like the way they fight, the way they play. Uh, they haven't had you know, let injuries stand in their way, whether it's been Zach Moss filling in for, for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Minshew uh, wasn't the starting quarterback coming in, but his relationship going back to Philly with, with Steichen obviously – was was a big pull to him to to sign with that team and here he's gotten you know his another opportunity to start if he gets his team to the playoffs again you know in terms of free agency he you know he'll, he'll certainly command a few bucks uh for some uh, quarterback star team out there and i'm here for it the Minshew experience the fact that he in the offseason lives in an rv that's parked in the uh, parking lot of where he works out in Naples, Florida, and then plays pickleball with seniors is it, it's just an amazing story. And I, it would be, that would be the interview that, that we need to get is Gardner Minshew. We need him on pros like us. So Gardner, if your people are listening, send us a message. We'd love to have you on. Well, if, if Sean Stellato is representing Gardner Minshew, which I don't <laughs> think he is, um, you know, I think there would have been a pretty good shot at getting him, but I don't John's think John's 15 minutes finally came to an end. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, as well as, as Tommy DeVito's, uh, I don't know that he ever takes another NFL snap, but I think the giants like him. Uh, so he'd probably be the backup next year. Be interesting to see what they do in the draft. You know, do they, do they draft one of these young quarterbacks if the one they like falls to them? Uh, because they're going to be picking fairly high as well. So anyway, just some stray thoughts as we leave here. Alex, anything on the way out? I'm just excited to to see the championship game on Monday and to see who actually gets in, to, to see the matchups in the NFL playoffs. Because, I mean, we're speculating, but, you know, we don't actually know Very who, who's going to be in there. A lot of teams, you know, there's still team teams that are alive. I mean, you've got in the NFC, Seattle, New Orleans still has a shot. Uh, realistically, out of Minnesota, Atlanta would take like, I don't know, like slide rules and all sorts of abacus and different things to figure that out. But you just got Houston and Pittsburgh. And the, the most interesting one to me is that there are there's a scenario where Buffalo is either the number two seed or they're out. That, that to me is the, is the coolest scenario is that that either, Hey, we're the number two seed or we're completely out of this thing. Well, so if you ask, it's if gonna... you ask a chiefs fan, uh, you're hoping that they're going to be out. Well, I mean, that's, that, I almost <laughs> one more, sure. one more, one more of our demons off the playing field. Yes. That's what we're looking for, Alex. All right, gang, enjoy your week 18. Enjoy the college football championship for Alex. I'm Lou. Hit subscribe, gang. Come on. It only takes a little a little, a little effort to go ahead and click on that button. So, uh, yeah, till next time. Peace.